Welcome back to Just One Question, which is increasingly more than one, but Richard Newman is my guest. I'm really excited to welcome him to the program. And um, I'm sure, because I know his antecedents, that he is perfectly capable of handling more than one question, if that should happen. Um, uh, Richard Newman is a fellow uh, co-conspirator of mine in the sense that we both work on communications. He's written two books on communications, uh, and he's going to tell us about his latest, I suspect. Uh, but uh, the the thing that uh, uh, kicked Richard's career into high gear was going to uh, northern India and teaching English or trying to teach English to the Tibetan refugees there. So that's the best origin story after Superman and Kryptonite that I've heard in a long time. So welcome, Richard. How the heck are you? I'm really good. Yeah, thank you. It's good to talk to you, Nick. And it's great to talk with somebody who's got the same sort of passion for communication that I've got too. So uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, real pleasure. And and let's just jump right in. And as I say, I reserve the right to ask follow-up questions, but this is just one question. And the question is, technology plays an increasing role in our lives and in our work lives. How has it affected uh, you and the work you do in uh, communicating and helping people communicate and making people more charismatic and all the other cool things that you do? Yeah, it's a really good question to ask in this space, because I think, you know, my team and I have been teaching communication now for 23 years. And I mean, even like I can remember 15 years ago, people starting to say to me, well, what do you think is going to happen with technology coming in? Will people need communication training in the same sort of way? And I always said to people, you know, face to face communication is going to be crucial for people no matter what happens, it doesn't matter where we go with technology, being face to face and being good at communication in that way is always going to be a skill that people need. And, you know, many years back, people were saying, but you know, what about virtual training and uh, virtual reality training? And I said, no, face to face is the place to go. And so that led me up to, uh, you know, getting towards uh, 2020s, coming up to sort of 2018. I, I mentioned this uh, to you just a, a moment ago. I, I had this book come out, You Were Born to Speak. And I put in there everything I could think about about communication, saying this is how face-to-face -face communication is done, whether you're speaking to one person or a group, or you're speaking on stage and so on, this is what you need. And then 2020 hit, and suddenly we had the biggest pipeline of work that we'd ever had suddenly disappear. And we had to rely on technology. And you know, having spent so many years saying to people that this sort of communication coaching is best done in person, we then had to figure out, well, how do we do this with technology? And so we shifted everything uh, online. So we had sort of online learning journeys people could go through by themselves, and then also live virtual trainings we were doing and interactions. And we use software like Mentimeter that people might be familiar with and WooClap and everything we can possibly do to engage people. And actually the funny thing with technology at first was uh, we work with London Business School. We train uh, the MBA students there mm -hmm. and we put together this entire learning journey they could go through virtually without us needing to be in their lecture rooms with them. And I remember as part of this, we sent them uh, this, uh, this homework assignment, which was simply, you know, based on learning all of the strategies from us online, send us a video of you putting them into action. And the first person who sent me one, I thought, wow, I never have to leave the house again. 
like this person is doing everything I would coach them to do in the room. I didn't even, you know, I didn't even have to live teach them. They've done all this. And then we would do like a live review call at the end to see what the journey was like for them. So I suddenly thought, wow, technology is going to be pivotal for us here. Uh, but what I, I didn't anticipate is what then happened the, the last three years, where we went through these lockdowns and people got very excited about virtual communication and then got a bit weather beaten by it, thinking, actually, I just really need to be with another human being. And what I feel excited by actually at the moment is how people are starting to say, okay, I've done the virtual working for a long time and done that sort of working from home, but I do actually want to be with another human being. And so where last year, I think uh, about 70% of the work that we did as an industry was virtual. Only 30% was face-to-face. -face. This year is now the opposite. Now mm. we're doing about 30% virtual and 70% face-to-face. And I'm delighted for that to be happening because I think there's been a big challenge these last few years, which is what led me to, to write my second book, which is that clients were coming to us with different needs. They said, look, there's three big things that we are struggling with that we've never really thought about before. Could you help us here? And it's because of the technology. Mm. So the first big thing that people have been saying was that they now feel so stressed because of the amount of technology that's being involved. And what they meant was that during the pandemic, a lot of people had a challenge where they were, they then had less staff and uh, they were trying to hit, you know, ever increasing targets. And instead of having two meetings a day because they could drive to one client and then drive to another. And that was about it. Now they're having 17 meetings per day because all they've got to do is click from one meeting to the next, to the next, to the next. And then on top of that, they've got 300 emails to deal with and everything else that's going on. So technology had led them to this state of massive stress. And we'd been in a place where, you know, in lockdown, you weren't allowed to go and hug your family if they lived in another building. So people had this big set state of stress. The second thing that came in is people saying, because of technology, we're having these you know, virtual conversations, but we're not having coffee room conversations. And we're not going to the pub for happy hour for those conversations. And so our relationships are actually much more surface level. So they were coming to us saying, what can you do to get deeper relationships with people, resolving conflicts that were coming up that never would have come up before and that sort of thing. And then lastly, people were saying to us that uh, a lot of people have really questioned their place in the world based on what's happening in the last few years with the pandemic and politics and the economy and people just lacking a sense of purpose. And so we started working with our clients on all of these elements to help them past, you know, the boundaries that technology or the, the uh, overwhelm that technology had brought their way to get to that place of being able to have those three things they needed, which was a really powerful mindset, deeper communication skills to get beyond the surface level, right down to a stronger understanding and better relationships. And thirdly, a true sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what led me to uh, my second book, which you kindly uh, mentioned, so got lift your impact, which was, you know, what's next, you know, how to communicate, but now that we've had this, um, this challenge with technology kind of taking over, how do we now become uh, great communicators? So I've been really pleased to help clients with that worldwide, whether we're doing it virtually or in person and increasingly, thankfully, in person, uh, helping people get to that place where they can suddenly now be a rock in the storm and they can go out and have a more positive influence on other people and feel like it's worthwhile, like it's leading them to some sort of greater sense of purpose or legacy they can leave behind them. And so I think it's really important for people to reflect on what technology has given them. I think it's amazing, actually, that, that the pandemic happened at such a time where, you know, the Internet was strong enough that it could handle 
you know, maybe two people in a household running businesses from their house while they're homeschooling teenagers who want to use the Wi-Fi as well. And then Zoom suddenly coming at the right time and Microsoft Teams happening. So thank goodness we had the internet and we had Netflix and all these other parts of technology to help us survive being locked down in our houses. But I think that over-reliance that we suddenly had pulled us away from the the stronger personal connections with other human beings that we used to have and so I, i'm i'm glad that people are easing away from technology and heading back towards that sense of what does it mean to connect with another human being wonderful yeah when i uh, when i wrote my book on virtual communications before the pandemic nobody wanted to mm. buy it i said um uh, the, my big finding was every virtual relationship degrades over time, um, and there's a negativity bias in the in the very nature of uh, solely uh, virtual communication, technological communication. And mm. so, uh, and, and back then, the solution was easy: just get together every now and then and warm it back up. You know, but during the pandemic, suddenly it wasn't easy. So, so like yeah. you, I celebrate the return to uh, whatever this new normal this new normal is, but I can't resist, I could ask you a thousand follow-up questions and we could talk all day, but I can't resist asking one, which is um, our uh, audience loves you to sum it up and to give them one tip and this sort of thing. So warning, the question that's coming is about asking you for one, one tip, but if um, given that uh, you have a hybrid world ahead of you, if you're in the workplace these days, there's still a, some virtual communication, and then some in person, whatever the exact percentage is, given that's mm. the case, at least for the near, near future, as far as ahead, as we can see. Um, and that's a good thing, because it, we've got another channel now, another way to communicate, if we think of it, rather than privation as an opportunity, then what's the one thing that uh, our listeners and viewers could do to improve the uh, technological uh, communication. So granted, they have the Zoom meetings or the Teams meetings, as you alluded to. Um, what's the yeah. one, thing, one thing they could think about to make that better? Great, uh, it's a good question. I think the biggest tip we're actually giving people right now, and this is based on listening to our clients worldwide. We've got people you know, across Europe, the, uh, the Americas, Middle East, uh, across Asia, Australia, and we keep on talking to people and saying, you know, what's working, what's not, what do you need help with? And the summary of what I've heard from people worldwide that I absolutely agree with is, is that hybrid meetings are not working for people. Mm. So simply put, what people say is it's massively better if you either have an in-person meeting or you have a virtual meeting. If you are doing a hybrid meeting, it makes it worse for everybody who's there. And so, you know, we, my team have done this where I, I've been in a lecture theater uh, for a business school where I've got sort of 250 people in the room and I've got 30 people up on a screen and my I know my attention is split trying to figure out okay where did that comment come from and what are we doing here uh, so uh, we, we know that it's challenging even when people have got amazing technology there is that people are thoroughly preferring either do it virtual or do it in person. And sometimes when we're asked to run training, where I remember I flew out to Seattle to work with a team and some of the people couldn't make it in person. And they said, could you have them hybrid and so on? I said, what's better is that another member of my team will work with them virtually 
and they'll teach them exactly the same content I'll do in the room, but they're going to give it to that person in a way that doesn't distract the people in the room or distract them. It does it in a way that is really going to work. And, you know, I have to say that, you know, it is possible to do something where it's hybrid and gain value. I'm not dismissing it completely, but I think the technology is going to have to go a little bit further before we can truly make that work for everyone and everyone feels delighted by that process. Uh, happening. Now, having said that, I'll, I'll give like an extra tip. You asked me for one tip, I'll give people an extra tip. Uh, More which value. Is very simply, like if people want to have a little tip on, you know, virtual working is here to stay. And I thought a few years ago when we started teaching, you know, how do you present virtually and so on, we thought, well, you know, people are going to get past the basics and that they're all going to be fine. There's a lot of classic mistakes that we still see people doing. So uh, just to give people a few simple tips on this, uh, so firstly, I, I talk to people about the height of their camera. Mm -hmm. So many people, they've got a camera that is either like way too low for them or way too high for them, or they find themselves like sort of squished into the bottom part of the screen. And all you're really seeing is a large part of their background or their scenery. And so uh, very simply, we talk to people about the rule of thirds, be in the middle third, have your eyes one third down from the top of the shot that anyone watching this video can see myself and Nick are both doing this. And you want to have the camera at eye level. So it should be, if you want to have an eye to eye conversation, we'll have the camera on that sort of level uh, rather than being too high or too low. I was having a conversation with someone earlier. I don't know if the camera was on her ceiling or something like that, but I you know, got a nice shot of her floor uh, and so on, which is kind of distracting. So having that eye to eye conversation, get it to that place, make sure that you've got a, a clean uh, background of some sort or sort of non-distracting. A survey that came out recently said that people do not trust virtual backgrounds. Uh, and so it's better to have something real. Occasionally people ask me, is mine real? And it is real. So it is real. Uh, so you want to make sure that you feel genuine in that way. And make sure you've got lighting coming towards you, not behind you. A lot of people have a window behind them. So make sure that you're doing what you can to make those virtual meetings better. Don't Just turning on a webcam is not enough. If you're going to do a virtual meeting well, do it like you mean it. Uh, and then aim to most likely have virtual meetings, virtual in-person meetings, in-person. And um, that's going to be the best way forward for everybody to get the maximum value from the time they put in. Love it. Uh, Richard Newman, everybody. Uh, and uh, advice straight from a pro, a guy know, who knows how to do it clearly. Uh, thank you so much for being on Just One Question. And uh, great to uh, e-meet you. And I hope one day we get to... Uh, uh, share a pint together in a pub somewhere in your beautiful country. So thank you for being on Just One Question. You're welcome. Thanks. Thanks.